Hello and welcome to the Husband World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hello. <laughs> We're back again. It's great. It is great. It's great. It's so good to see you. It's great to be here. So, Lil, I'm going to tell you, I am excited about our guest today. I know I am, too. I am super excited, and because of my excitement, I'm going to forego our regular intro. Oh, we good. We don't have and to talk about Cheetos. We don't have to talk about Cheetos <laughs> or Netflix or exercise or broccoli oh, or good. Any, of the, any of the good things that we talk about. <laughs> True. Any of the good things that we talk about, but uh, we, we want to make sure that we give time to our guest today. Maria Leonard Olson is a biracial woman whose parents were forbidden by law to marry in the early 1960s. She's an author, attorney, recovery mentor. She's a writing and empowerment retreat leader. She's also the co-host of DC's Inside Out radio show. Maria graduated from Boston College and the University of Virginia Law School. She served in the Clinton administration's Justice Department and on numerous charitable boards. And on top of all of that, if that's not enough, uh, yeah. she has also fostered newborn babies that are awaiting adoption. Aww. So amazing things that she's been involved in. She's been an activist, an advocate. As I mentioned before, she's a writer. Her latest book, 50 Over 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life, uh, which is a vehicle to help people across the country reinvigorate their lives and become their best version is available now on Amazon. And we are excited, Maria, to have you join so us. So excited. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So really let's, happy. let's just jump into it, uh, Maria. You, you've done all these amazing things in your life. And, uh, you know, any, any any number of those things would be on anybody's wish list to be yes. involved in these <laughs> great causes and these great things that you've been able to do. And yet, when you started to reach the milestone of 50 years old, you felt like maybe your life wasn't going in the exact direction that you needed it to be. Talk, talk a little bit about that experience. Well, 50 is a reckoning point for many of us. Actuarially speaking, we're in the third third of our lives when we hit 50. And the universe conspired for me during my 50th year to uh, bring three significant things into my life. Number one, I got sober from alcoholism. Number two, I got divorced. And number three, I became an empty nester. And so I necessarily had to change everything about my life during my 50th year. <laughs> so yeah, I had to make a lot of changes. And um, when people asked me, what are you doing for your 50th birthday? I just wanted to hide. I felt rather rudderless at that point. And um, I decided I would try 50 new things to determine how I wanted to live the next chapter of my life. So and Maria, I'm interested in, in how you lit upon that. Like, was it, was it like you woke up one morning and had an aha moment or did it percolate for a long time? Or how, like, that's such a great thing. And it makes so much sense. But how did you come up on, come up on that idea of 50 new things for my 50th year? Well, I'm the type of person who processes my feelings out loud. And I was lamenting that all I wanted to do was hide for my 50th birthday. I had blown up my life. And I wanted to do everything differently. And a friend suggested it. And um, it just really resonated with me. And as I started this quest to try 50 new things, people would ask me, oh, I want your list. I want to see what you're doing. <laughs> and it was an organic list, something I would add to and subtract from based on what I learned from other people or read about. 
I'm, I've been a lifelong dilettante, as you can probably tell from my resume, trying lots of different things. Right. And um, uh, it's something that really lights me up to try a lot of different things. So um, when, when it struck a chord with so many people, I started shopping it around to agents and hit upon, really struck a nerve with people who wanted to reinvigorate their lives at 50 or at any age really, sure. and needed some sort of roadmap of how to even start the process when you were starting over. So that's how it, it, it started for me. And um, what I realized in the process was I was such an, such uh, a human doing rather than a human being. I would just flip from one thing to the next, do, 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 without really stopping and being and examining the skeletons in my closet, the things that had pushed me towards alcoholism because I was constantly running from who I was. Um, so that's how it started. I, I and, uh, and I love that yeah. it was a journey and a process yeah. and um, I think it makes sense that it was an organic thing that, like you said, you kind of added and subtracted as you went along. Now, I'm, I'm curious, did you, was the list compiled during your 50th year or did you hit your birthday with your finished list of 50 things you wanted to do and then you went right to work on it? How did that work? Oh, no. I uh, had this list and I started, the first thing I did was I sold most of my belongings, put the rest in storage and traveled to the other side of the world, to the Himalayas. To, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, not let's start off slowly here, right? Like, <laughs> right, let's, right. Let's learn how to crochet. No, no, no. We're not going to exactly. That's number one. <laughs> no, go, went all in. I had to get away to figure out how I wanted to approach the project. And I volunteered in a very remote part of Nepal at a school there where people had not even met Westerners before, brought a bunch of school supplies and helped to raise money to build a, a library there. But what it was for me was an exercise in cultivating gratitude. It really set the stage for everything else I did during that quest in my 50th year to figure out who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live the next chapter of my life. And what it did was it, it made me recognize that just by virtue of living in this country, we know we're going to have access to clean water. Yeah. I know that I'm going to eat a meal today. I know that I have access to heat and um, a place to sleep. All these things I had taken for granted and it helped me really reset my life to living with an attitude of gratitude in whatever I was going to do next. And so while I know that most people would not want to do that, put all the, sell their belongings and move to the other <laughs> side of the world, I would very much encourage your listeners to think about how lucky we are just because we live in this country and all the little things we take for granted. When I got back, I was in a public restroom and not a fancy restaurant, and I was marveling at the paper towels, the clean running water, and saying, oh my gosh, it smells so good in here. The bathroom quickly emptied. Everyone left and said, there's a crazy woman in the bathroom talking about how clean and how lovely the, this public restroom was. So yeah, no, it just really reset my life and it enabled me to look at things in a new way and to discover all all the things for which I should be grateful, all the things that I had taken for granted and um, set me on a new course. That's such an important concept, that idea of living with an attitude of gratitude. Not, not only is that 
spiritually and emotionally fulfilling, which it is. And, mm -hmm. and those, those are important elements of our lives. But we've done a couple of shows on gratitude and found scientific research that shows that, you know, being grateful is good for your, your physical heart, not your metaphorical heart, but your actual, the, the muscle that beats blood through your body. It's good for your, your brain. It can help you avoid Alzheimer's. It connects you with people. And for you to be able to have that journey and that yeah. awakening is an important lesson that I think all of us uh, could learn from and, and right. maybe need to have an experience, maybe not as extreme as going to the Himalayas, but, but at some point we all need to find the ability to be grateful for the things that we have. And we do so, we do have so many things that we can be grateful for. Right. We just need to recognize right. them. Absolutely. And every day now, I wake, since COVID started in particular, I wake up every day and write down three things for which I'm grateful. And for your active folks who listen to your program, the fact that my body still works, yeah. that I can walk, that I can see and hear, and many COVID uh, sufferers can lose their taste, sense of taste and smell. I mean, what a blessing Think, thinking about if I were to lose any of my senses, and that has helped me also to cultivate gratitude, that we are here, healthy, bodies working, not taking that for granted. Yeah, there's always something to be grateful for, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you compile this list. You've got 50 things that you want to accomplish in your 50th year. Um, and, and as you said, it's, it's organic, and it, it kind of grows and expands as you go along. Uh, you mentioned that you you know, moved to the Himalayas. That's a big one, right? That's, that's a <laughs> right. gigantic one. Give us a couple of other examples of things that made your list with the understanding, and I, and I, I think you'll probably emphasize this, but your list is not everybody's list. Right. We, we have the opportunity to make our own and whatever that looks like for us. But what were some of the things that you put on your list that were important to you? Right, right. And going back to your earlier question, I didn't quite answer it about how I picked the list. And... I had this organic list and I had to put it in categories to compile it into a book. I wasn't necessarily thinking that I'm going to do travel and adventure, social activities, learning and teaching, physical <laughs> right, challenges, right. spiritual endeavors, thrill-seeking ventures, and lifestyle changes. But those are the seven categories that emerged <laughs> afterwards. And uh, some of the things that have been lasting changes in my life include incorporating daily meditation into my life and yoga for cultivating inner peace. Some of the things that I did that were a little bit wacky that I'll probably never do again are um, I am a terrible singer and I wanted to see what it would feel like to be up on a stage. So I went to an open mic night where I knew no one, forced myself to get up on stage, belted out a tune, uh, left to some one polite applause, <laughs> not deserved, and said to myself, I pushed my comfort zone. I don't need to do that again. I know I, I'm not good at at singing, but I really am proud of myself because I pushed my comfort zone and did something that would enable me to move through with courage. And the next thing that doesn't feel like it's something that I am comfortable doing. So small things like that to big changes. I um, marched myself down to the local Harley Davidson and took um, a motorcycle class with these big burly tatted guys who looked at uh -huh. me like, who the heck are you, soccer mom? What are you doing here? Got my motorcycle license, got myself a little motorcycle, and uh, now take it out on country roads when I can. And that was way out of character for this uh, former, like, 
charity PTA <laughs> chair sort of mom type that I had been for the last 20 years. Um, social activities, like I have, after being married for 25 years, I had, I went back out on the dating scene. So there's a chapter called Dating for Dowagers. How the heck <laughs> go back I to dating <laughs> when you're, when you haven't dated in a quarter century. So small things like that. Uh, I love learning uh, new things and we have so much at our disposal with TED Talks online, great mental floss with your podcast to help us stretch our minds over about various things. Um, I love to go uh, walking as much as possible. It helps me, it's a walking meditation for me. It helps me discover so many things I never saw before in my rush to get from place to place. Now I've discovered walking labyrinths in churches, church gardens that I've passed hundreds of times without noticing before. Um, I've walked almost, well, every borough in New York City, learned uh, more about New York than I ever could have by just rushing around and um, taking public transportation or driving. I just really slowed my life down to learn how to, um, to smell the roses at this stage in my life. Lifestyle changes included things like my own brand of minimalism. Every time I bring something new into my house, I get rid of two things because I don't want to leave my kids uh, with all the stuff I've accumulated over my life. It also makes life so much simpler to have not as many things to take care of, to clean, to account for. (laughs) Yeah, dust, exactly. So uh, when I go and teach, particularly to women's groups and talk to book clubs, etc., I help people figure out what are some areas and things they'd like to change about their lives. And I, like you said, I recognize that not everyone is going to want to do the things that I have done, but we all have areas of growth. And when once we stop learning and growing, we start dying. And I don't ever want to stop learning. Um, I include things uh, like being more intentional about how I spend my time, which has been a sea change for this human doing as opposed to human being. Uh, Time is the one thing that we cannot get back. It's of uncertain duration. It's something that um, should be more precious than how we spend our money. But in our country, most of us are more mindful of how we spend our money than our time. Well, not for this recovering people pleaser. (laughs) That is a huge difference in my life now. So that was kind of a long answer, and I could go on and on. That was awesome. I, I I love hearing some of the things that were important to you. Um, because it, it, it's, it was so personal for you, obviously. Um, but it also really expanded, at least for me, my idea and impression of 50 things that you could do when you were 50. I, I'll have to admit, I, in my mind, I started thinking of the things that I wanted to do rather than the things I wanted to be. And so I was like, I want to do this, I want to do that, and I want to do this. And, and I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, by itself either. You know, I think that you can have a lot of these um, you know, the, the, go, go through this journey of self-learning, self-discovery as you're doing things. And, and obviously you had things on there that, that you did do, you know, that whole karaoke. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, what a way to test your limits and, and your, your fear and your courage at the same time and, and just, you know, be able to do something outside of your comfort zone. 
so I love that. So as as yeah. people are, you know, hearing this and maybe it's resonating with them and they're thinking, gosh, that's something I want to do. What advice would you have for someone as they start to compile their list of things that are important to them? What, what would you share with them that you learned through your process? Well, in a completely self-serving way, I would say go to my website, MariaLeonardOlson.com, <laughs> buy the book. There are a lot of uh, questions and worksheets in the back. But I would start keeping either on your phone or in a notebook little things that you're curious about and let them grow and percolate into what are some of the things you want to do before this precious life, this one wild and precious life, as Mary Oliver, the poet says, that we have. Where are some places you would like to go? How would you like to spend your energy? I mean, the top regrets of people on their deathbeds frequently are, I worked too hard or I didn't spend the time with family and friends or the people who mattered the most to me. Well, I may have other regrets, but those are not going to be my regrets now. So take some time to figure out what's really important to you at this stage in life. And if tomorrow were your last, if today were your last day, what were the things that you wish you had done? And don't let, I mean, your, li your life is happening right now. So don't let it just fall between your fingers and be gone because we never know when we're going to get a bad diagnosis or COVID is going to strike. We never know. And this, and we are in um, a, what I view as a great reset because of enforced quarantine and having to change our lives throughout the world right now, we have a chance to really sit back and reevaluate do you want to come out of the quarantine period as a different kind of person? We necessarily have to slow down right now and figure out what's important to us. So in some ways, it is a blessing in disguise because it is making us slow down. I used to run from who I was, and that was like holding a beach ball underwater. It took a tremendous amount of psychic energy, wow. and it would pop up in unexpected ways until I dealt with my underlying issues and skeletons. So each of us has a chance now, I believe, to reevaluate, see what you want to do. How, how is your post-COVID chapter going to look? Yeah. So, I like that idea of the great reset, and I think that we have an opportunity, truly a unique, I, I hope it's a unique opportunity. <laughs> I, hope, I hope this is truly a unique opportunity because uh, I don't, I don't want to go through it again ever uh, for sure. But what a, what a tremendous opportunity, yeah. as you said, to slow down and to take time and to really think through what is most important and what matters. And, um, you know, I, I know that my, my wife and I have been able to, to do things and spend time together in ways that we wouldn't have been able to under different circumstances. And, and frankly, now that I say that, maybe we would have been able to if we just would have taken the time right. to do it, right? Right. Uh, yeah. But what a, what a great opportunity to reset and evaluate and, and think that through. So, so great yeah. advice. Yeah. Yes. Just like you, during this time, I have learned to love walking. I have hated walking and hiking. And, but because I'm such an extrovert, this helped me stop and do things now I'm like now I love walking now I love hiking and I'm right. like where did that come from <laughs> right. well I firmly believe that every person and situation has a capacity to teach us something if we're yeah. open to the lesson absolutely and sometimes it takes a bigger slap for me, <laughs> me to figure out what the heck is the lesson here <laughs> so 
Maybe that's what it's it a journey for all this for sure. This is great. I give us a couple other ideas, a couple other things that uh, that were important to you on your list. Well, uh, I came to the realization that um, I needed to let go of anger, for instance, and resentments. And that anger is very much like drinking poison and hoping the object of my answer of my anger dies. Yeah. Like that there were things that I was holding on to that I didn't need to hold on to anymore. So um, the lifestyle changes, the greater introspection. I love to go on retreats, whether they're solo retreats or with other like-minded people to to reset. I mean, this is an enforced retreat here, but uh, when we're not in COVID-19 time, I take time out at least once a year to go on a retreat to reevaluate now. Now I'm 56 and uh, each year I'm going to do a reevaluation to make sure that I am taking steps to become my best version. Yeah. Um, I also take advantage of, as we get older, one benefit of getting older is that there are more discounted and free learning opportunities at area colleges yeah. and online, and so I do a fair amount of that. I uh, do try to do something that scares me every day. I'm kind of, I'm pretty afraid of heights. I've done indoor skydiving, but outdoor skydiving is indeed on my list. <laughs> um, and now that I've learned about your senior games, maybe I'm going to start training for that. Oh, I, I know think you we should. have 35 different sports to choose from. I can almost promise you there's something there for yes. you. You ought to take a look at it. Wonderful. I definitely will. I mean, as I used to run, I've run three marathons in my yeah. youth. But now that I'm getting older, I might try something new on your menu. Yeah. But I'm always looking for new things to try. <laughs> we would love that. That would be wonderful. So yeah. we alluded to this just a little bit, but I, I, I want to ask, um, plans for 60 after 60? <laughs> Absolutely. I've got a note, notes going on my cell phone every day. If I see something, if I'm sparked, if interest is sparked, I write it down. I think about it. Is this one of the things I'm doing for 60 after 60? I'm not sure. It might be eclipsed by something else. But I'm definitely learning how to reweave the tapestry of my life on an ongoing basis, picking things up, putting things down, and uh, deciding as, as I go. Um, another thing I incorporated into my life was practicing a random act of kindness every day. And so that changes each day. That can be as simple as picking up litter that I see on the street during one of my walks or checking in on an, a, neighbor, a neighbor who lives alone. There are a lot of things that I'm adding and subtracting. I love that. So, so many great things that can be yeah. done. So again, give us the deets one more time. Tell us the, the name of the book, how we can find it, um, how, we can, how we can get our hands on this thing. Okay, it's on um, Amazon. Bookstores will order it if they don't already have it. Libraries have it. It's called 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life. My uh, website is marialeonardolson.com. You can just Google me. Um, I've got, I'm on all social media with uh, at 50 after 50. And I love listening or hearing from listeners, participating online in book clubs or uh, giving Zoom presentations on self-care. My, my goal in life at this stage is to make this world better because I was here. And any way I can help a listener out there, please get in touch through the website, social media, 
uh, or just Google me. I'm not the Maria Olson actress from horror films. <laughs> <laughs> author, public speaker. The real Maria. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maria, thank you. That's, uh, that's all the time we've got to visit with you. But what an inspiration! Yes. Best of luck as you move forward with your, uh, your your list as you compile them and this this journey of self discovery that we're all on. Thank you so so much for joining us. Today. And Maria, we'll be thanks. in touch. <laughs> oh, I would love it, Lil. I'm really honored to be on your show and. Yeah. Thank you for the work you do to help keep people active and growing. Yeah. So important. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. So, Lil. Yeah, that we, was so awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, we got a big deadline approaching. I know. We as do. it relates to COVID-19 and the Huntsville World Senior Games. We decided months ago that we were going to gather as much information as we possibly could and then try to make the best decision right. that we could to move forward safely and responsibly if we, if we could. We're still analyzing everything, and we're going to make our final announcement on July 31st. Yes, we are. So we encourage you to hit up seniorgames.net for information about COVID and our response and everything else that's going on. The dates for the 2020 games are still scheduled for October 5th through the 17th, but check out uh, or, or pay attention to the, the 31st because we're going to have our final announcement there on, on how we're going to be able to move forward. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and we turn it into a podcast. And you can download this podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found. I want to leave us with an inspirational thought, as okay. I always do. Today's inspirational thought comes from British philosopher Thomas Carlyle. Okay. And uh, I think this is great, a great reminder for us about life. He says, no pressure, no diamonds. Oh. <laughs> Until next Thursday, stay active. <laughs> <laughs>